So what we want to do is to reach people, make them aware, but you can't just scare people. I don't want to deal or trade in fear, but at the same time, I don't want what happened to my child to happen to yours just because you're unaware, just like I was. I was never a bad dad. I wasn't informed. Welcome to the Authentically Successful Show. I'm Carol Schultz, founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation, a talent equity and leadership coaching and advisory firm. We partner with founders and CEOs to create talent-centric organizations, either where they don't currently exist or rebuild companies into talent-centric organizations. We are committed to supporting your vision and values by creating healthy, successful companies, leveraging the best talent, retention, development, and succession strategies. Listen at the end of the show for information about becoming my next guest on one of the most important podcasts for building thriving companies. Here we go. My guest today is B.D. Erickson, founder and CEO of SADC USA. Founded in 2008, SADC is the country's leading clean power manufacturing facility. B.D. is a proven leader and team builder, successfully navigating an ever-changing high-tech business climate. Spanning two decades in high-pressure leadership roles, BD has been recognized multiple times for building winning teams, creating an outstanding corporate culture, and having a massive impact on company-wide growth. He possesses a proven track record of sustaining high-level team buy-in, not simply surviving, but thriving in the high-pressure environment of advanced American technology manufacturing. BD, welcome. That was a mouthful. Carol. It was Thanks a mouthful. Me. That's why I had to record that twice. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me what the uh, biggest problem is you solve for your clients, BD? One that not all of us are aware of. Um, the reality is that dirty electricity, mm-hmm. something you might not have heard of before. And it's interesting because you can't see it, smell it, touch it, taste it. Most of us can't feel right. it. But it, it exists. It is bad for electronics. It's wasteful, proven harmful to the biological. So that's the pain and the problem that we solve. How did you come to this? Life is weird. It's interesting how you find yourself on your life's path. A convergence of things happened. Um, I was the leadership person for um, a personal development group for Tony Robbins, Mm -hmm. right? And so that was a great part of my peer group. Um, In that peer group, I started selling lighting that was clean power. Now, it didn't mean a lot to me at the time. It really didn't, right? I knew that the light bulb was more efficient, saved energy, mm-hmm. didn't buzz or flick, etc. So kind of compartmentalize that. Oh, my wife passed away in an automobile accident. Right. My son and I moved from Hawaii to Montana. We could be by their fam. I'd be by her fam and, and our fam. Mm-hmm. I needed help. You know, um, We both needed to be petted a little bit while we cried and uh, just shored up. So when we moved kind of in haste, we bought a house under the biggest friggin' power lines in our whole town. First of all, we bought the house. I didn't, I missed it, right? And at one point he and I are standing on the deck and we're both, it just hit us both at the same time. I'm like, look at these power lines, right? Well, again, you don't want your house under power lines, but I didn't, mm-hmm. I was more worried about the aesthetics of it, to right. be honest, Carol. Yeah, right. Right? Who wants to look at that every day? Who wants to look at the power lines? Yeah. Especially beautiful Montana, right. we've got this huge property yep. Yep. and the view is gorgeous. Yep. And then boom, there's these power lines, mm-hmm. stop it, right? So the previous few years, he has perfect attendance in school, um, well-liked by teachers and kids, great attitude, good grades. Mm-hmm. The first year in Montana, that that holds true. That second year, his grades are slipping. His attitude hmm. is, he's more blue, melancholy. Um, 
<clears throat> pretty soon it really becomes noticeable. He's missing days in school, wow. he's sickly, suffering a lot of anxiety. So as a dad, you're like, is it PTSD? Is it mom? Right. Is she just great to have around? Am I letting him down? We both miss her. So I just I attributed to that in the first year, just all the tragedy that he and I had been through emotionally, right? How does that not scar you? It does. But it kept, it just kept getting worse. And so what are his symptoms? You know, he's, he's restless, he's nervous, he's anxious, he's, he can't sleep. Mm-hmm. In fact, leaving his room almost became painful. Wow. And I began to just become my own doctor for my kid, right? And I'm mm-hmm. Googling him, calling people. And it turns out that his symptoms lined up with something called EHS, <laughs> electro hypersensitivity. It's real. People think that you're wearing a foil hat. You try and tell them. It's like, hey, when women got fibromyalgia 20 years ago, don't think we didn't tease them. Don't think they weren't marginalized. Mm -hmm. It just, it's in their head or whatever else. Well, now we know that's grade A malarkey. It's overactive nerves. It's caused oftentimes by toxicity in our environment. Mm -hmm. Is that your perfume, your deodorant, your hairspray, the Wi-Fi, the baby monitor? Yeah, all that crap, you know, combined can have effect on your nervous system. And so um, it, it just, there's some lag time between something negatively affecting part of the population, mm-hmm. smoking cigarettes, mm-hmm. um, plastic in water bottles, mm-hmm. right? Um, mesothelioma and um, asbestos, mm-hmm. right? Lead in pipes in, in right. Rome, and right? And the, the Greeks made wine in lead and they went nuts. I mean, you don't know. You don't know oftentimes when something comes out that it's harmful in the cause until later. So now it's well established that electrohypersensitivity is indeed real. And if you suffer from it, um, while not instantly debilitating, it, it, it lowers the quality of your life. So, okay, so let's finish the story here. I was like, what, how do I stop it now? You know, how do I, do we, do we move tomorrow? Is, mm-hmm. can, can I undetox him? You know, what do we do? And there weren't a lot of things in the marketplace mm-hmm. that address this cheaply, effectively, fast. I'm a dad. I want, I want it now. I'm a mm-hmm, problem solver, mm-hmm. right? Um, so we had to make it. I mean, we truly, we truly had to make it. And I had this background in clean power tech manufacturing mm-hmm. from my light bulb career path. It just lined up. <laughs> and so I hired a team of engineers. And being a leader is something that I'm good at. Find the personalities that I need. Mm-hmm. Um, get the personalities to right. buy in. Right. Play at a high level. And, and and get to market. And it, it took us a few years. But now, you know, and now today, I've got the best team of engineers that I know, or they'd be with me. If I, um, we build a great product. We build it in America. We have all this testing and safety and efficacy and all that. And now truly, I'm not, I don't want to be a boastful person. I don't like the way that hits the heart. Um, and I don't want to be ungrateful. Mm-hmm. We sell them faster than we can make them. Truly, we're building a new facility several blocks from where we are that's three times the square feet. Wow. Um, we're hiring employees constantly. It's got challenges, right? It's a blessing and a malediction. It's challenging. Sure, yeah, right. But what a, what a fun set of problems I have. How does this stuff work? So in a very simplistic yes, way. For a simple folk. Um, <laughs> electricity is ampers. It's called current. Why right. is it called current? It moves very similar to water. It mm-hmm. really does. Mm-hmm. So when I was a kid, you and I, we drank out of the hose. You're out running around to the palace right. on a hot summer day. Yep. You get drink yep. out of the hose, right? Yep. Now we don't even drink out of the tap. Now we're drinking bottled water, right? Well, you might have a Brita filter or something like that yep. where you put the water, you run it through, mm-hmm. you know, activated charcoal. We're going to get lead. We're going to get fluoride. We're right. going to get chlorine. We're right. going to get this other stuff out of it. 
that's not terribly different from what you're doing than what our units mm-hmm. do. Our mm-hmm. units charge, saturate out with the electricity that you're getting, and then filter now and provide this clean, filtered, regulated power. How does it attach to your home? So there's two ways that we have two major product lines. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, the simplest way, you plug them in. And when Anywhere. you plug it in, it gets that in, it gets that entire phase. It gets you only you only really need two because you have two legs of power in your okay. home. Mm-hmm. Half of your outlets are 120 on A, half of your outlets are 120 on B. Mm-hmm. Now, when you combine that for your dryer, your range, your air conditioner, that's how you get 240. That's how that works. Mm-hmm. You got one leg of 120 and one leg of 120. If you want them both, you got 240. So okay. you need one to get on an A, plugged in anywhere on an A, plug the other one in on a B. It's very easy to find out how they are. We just show you when you when you buy the product mm-hmm. and you got it. Or you can wire one at your breaker panel and it does it all right there from the breaker panel. Well, that's super slick. Right? Yeah, it is. So so when you founded the company, you know, going on 13 years ago now, um, or 14 years, I guess, I guess it is, it's 2022. It, it, did you bootstrap? Did you take any investment? Tell me about that. Boy, you know, I'm I'm going to write a book, and my book is going to be called "How You How You Do It Poorly" or or what not to do, right? <laughs> well, good. We love to hear those stories. Oh my gosh! So, so yeah, we, we formed the company. Mm-hmm. We formed the company in 08, but we didn't have we weren't doing anything until about May of 09. So May of 09 is really the kickoff uh-huh. um, when we, we we've got a product idea and stuff, and that's right. The market was doing really funny things, if yes, you remember. 07, 08, 09 was a very exciting time to be in the business game. Um, I had a good career path before. Um, I was going to start the business with a couple of buddies that were just going to help me. They needed me to run it and do all that stuff, but they wanted to partner. We had a big line of credit with the bank. So me not knowing, I didn't know. You don't know what you don't know, Carol, That's right? right? So I said, you know what we'll do? <laughs> we'll spend our own money first. We had about a half million in cash, spend our own money first. And then when we need it, We'll use this $2 million line of credit that we have. So we spent our money very quickly. Poof, that half million was gone. And then went to pull on the line. And the banking system was very upside down at that point, right? A lot of banks had failed. Fannie Mae, Fannie Mac. And they're like, well, you don't have that line anymore. And now we didn't have the half a million that made them even want to give us a credit line. If we had just started using that credit line immediately and put and take and managed it wisely, mm-hmm. we would have had the $2 million credit line and our own half a million sitting in the bank. Right. Since we since we just did it backwards, which logically to me, doesn't the bank want me to spend my money first? No, not really. Uh, I mean, not uh, the way it works. Uh, right? You other people's money. <laughs> Opium, other people's money. That's right. So, so we did have to take some private investors, and they were truly friends and family. Um, we bootstrapped it. We built them in the basement of one of our buildings that was never designed for that. Um, and I had never run a clean tech manufacturing facility before mm-hmm. and worked with them and for them. I'd never run one. So there were a lot of things that I had to I learn bet. along the way. And you usually learn when you do it wrong, right? <clears throat> you say, this is what I need. You take massive action and you do it. And then pretty quickly you realize that it could have been done better. <laughs> faster, cheaper, whatever. So now, you know, 12, 12 years of really being in business right. later, I consider myself pretty Jedi at the stuff that's inside my wheelhouse. Right. And a, a big result of that is being in the trenches, doing it, getting right. the bumps and bruises, coming out the other side. And I think the thing that I'm most proud of is 
you know, how many businesses make it three years? I think it's like half or something, right? right? But how many businesses make it five years? Mm-hmm. It's like 15%. I know, it's amazing. And then how many businesses make it to 10? Mm-hmm. It's like 20% of that 15 or whatever, depending on which yeah. Google search you do. Mm-hmm. Business is a very hard thing to do. Not that many people mm-hmm. can be successful long-term in business. And it's the things that take you out, running out of dough, not having cash flow, um, really not knowing who your demographic is, mm-hmm. um, you know, finding your customer. And Great. it's interesting finding your customer because there's so many places to get news now. When I was growing up, there were three channels, right. ABC, NBC, CBS. I, I was in my, like a teenager before Fox even existed, right? Mm-hmm. But now today, oh my goodness, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, Foursquare, TikTok, Snapchat, all these different platforms. YouTube, Reddit, forget about it. And so your different demographic gets their news at a different place. Right. And what's the message to your customer? So you could spend a lifetime accident, you know, poorly, you know, delivering the wrong message to a a place they're never going to get. So you really have to say, Mm -hmm. what's the pain that my customer is solving? Right. How do I convince them that that I can fix it for them and turn that pain into pleasure? Mm -hmm. Where do they get their news and what's the message? So I don't know where the heck I was going with this, but that took a long time to sort out. But the minute we figured it out, we made the leap. Right. How, how you know, you talk about your customers. How do you find your customers or do they find you or both? Yeah, they, they, they find us. Um, so how, like, how do they find you? What are they, what are they looking for that they find you? So interestingly, when I first started telling people what I was doing, you know, it's first of all, it's pseudoscience. You're wearing a foil hat and you're nuts. And the second part of that presentation is how many other goofballs like you can be out there? Because your customer is clearly a goofball. You're looking for somebody hiding under their bed in a foil hat. Well, what we began <laughs> to find out is, is two things. Number one, a, a ton of people suffer from EHS, a lot more than you would know. Because it's not something you probably talk to them about it, bump into a Walmart or church, you ask mm-hmm. them that question. No. Um, and there are really large growing communities that have concerns about the new smart meter. They have concerns about 5G. Yeah. Um, yeah. They have concerns about putting the Wi-Fi thing right by your face while you sleep. Right. Now, we learned 20 years ago, you don't want the baby monitored by the baby, do you? No, you don't. We know that now. But for how many years was there a baby monitored by the baby? See, what happens is that thing is always looking for the signal. It's trying to do its no, job, yeah. right? But that constant signal is, is bad for biological. Yeah, so, yeah. so they find us, but that wasn't as hard once we knew where to kind of fish for them, where, where they congregate mm-hmm. um, and, and who really our demographic is. But for the most part, they find us. And so nowadays, you know, we do search engine optimization mm-hmm. and keyword mm-hmm. and, you know, do the Google ad spend and all that. And that's a big part of it. Another part of it, and I don't want to rabbit trail on you a lot, is you know if you're going to have somebody standing at your breaker panel with a screwdriver, mm-hmm. that's a pretty big leap from just being interested in something. Yeah, right. We have a third-party person standing with a screwdriver, a technical expert, doing something at your breaker panel. Well, solar companies are already having discussions all over America, people right now about you know clean power, saving money on your electric bill. Mm-hmm standing at your breaker mm-hmm. panel with a screwdriver and said, we met, if we could partner with people who are already there, they're already doing it. They're already going to be standing at our customer's mm-hmm. breaker panel. And solar electricity, unfortunately, and we are the largest solar panel installer in Montana, it does make dirty electricity. So it makes direct current. And then we use an inverter to make this alternating current. And just the, just by way of operation, 
it creates electromagnetic fields, harmonics, and distortion, which are some of the key attributes of dirty electricity. So if we're going to be solar does that electricity, solar does that. Darned, yeah. absolutely. I wouldn't want you to know that though. You know, no, it's and, and a lot of people like a lot of solar companies. They don't know, right? Gosh, they say, well, it's got good power factor. It's got good voltage. Mm-hmm. It must be fine. They're not looking for EMF, not because they're evil. It's not on their radar. Right. L- right? Living in a blind it's, spot. It's the ham radio guy right. that cares about it, yep. right? It's yep. the audiophile yep. or the person who's sick. Mm-hmm. So we started going out and saying, look, let us just show you on some meters, solar turned off, solar turned on. Mm-hmm. Solar turned off, solar turned on. And getting some, not, some awareness and then some buy-in. Mm-hmm. And then it was mom and pop solar companies, and we're moving, you know, fifty, a hundred units a month, and we've got some traction, and we're a business, and we're profitable. Mm-hmm. That took a long time, Carol. That was harder than heck, right? Think about giving up a lot. Yeah. Um, but then they started realizing that the solar actually produced better. It, everything wants to be clean. Mm-hmm. The inverter wants to be cool. Your mm-hmm. air conditioner wants to be cool. It wants to be happy. Right. Your phone doesn't want to charge slow and hot. Mm-hmm. It wants to charge cold and fast. And you know what I'm talking about. Every 21 times you charge your phone, it gets hotter than blue blazes. Why? It didn't the last 19 times. You don't have to be an electrical engineer to just go, that doesn't seem good. Right. Right? Yeah. And why is the back of my fridge exactly so hot? Right. Why is the back of my, my freezer so hot? You, you're a reasonable, intelligent person says, that doesn't seem okay. That's the stuff. That's the stuff I'm talking about. When your speakers go click or pop, when my mom would vacuum and put lines on the TV, right? You can hear your sister's blow dryer on your radio. Don't tell me you can't. You can. You can hear her blow. Wow, that's the stuff. So it turns out that not only is what we just described harmful to electronics, Mm -hmm. it's also harmful to the biological. Since you can't see it, smell it, taste it, it's kind of like carbon monoxide or radon gas. Yeah. Same things. Right. But they also kill you. Right. Right? And so it's it's a pollutant that's that's hard to recognize, but once you know and look for it, it's easy to detect and it's easy to filter it. Mm-hmm. Once people caught on that you're actually getting better production out of your solar, you've reduced amps on energy hogs, like your air conditioner, yeah. and you've taken away this potential health concern. That, that leap, it's that, that tipping point where now you're not getting an order for 12 units, you're getting an order for 1,200. And you say, holy crap, how are we going to make these? Right. And make them well and ship them on time. <laughs> right, 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 right. Exactly. Well, and you know, I think that's the, regardless of what you're making or what you're selling, this is a sort of the age old problem of a founder growing a company, right? Do you, you know, do you make more and then they sit on a shelf somewhere for God only knows how long? Or do you start hiring more salespeople because you actually need them now? Or do you hire them before you need them and then they're sitting around, they're not making any money and they quit? I mean, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a balancing act, right? Of, of knowing oh. when to do all that. Oh, sleepless nights. Heartburn. Oh, Entrepreneurs are underpaid. I, I don't care what he makes. It's she makes it. You're underpaid. You you never off work. You're always gut sick. You're always anxious. There's always a million to dos, and there's these things that you're trying to navigate. Do I buy this piece of equipment right. because I might get the order, or do I wait till I get the order and then try to buy the piece of equipment? Mm-hmm. Do I hire them to scale? Right. Do I that's hire exactly them after? right? It's, 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 it's every it's, founder. It's a balancing act. That's right. Oh. 
It's an age old question. What do I do as a founder? I mean, because, you know, if you end up hiring people and making things too soon, you end up losing a lot of money and you may end up losing people, right? It's very challenging. Cash flow is everything. So you can't, you can't have all your cash now sitting on the shelf in products. You got to use that cash often to market. Once you use it to market, you got to really hustle now Mm -hmm. to convert the new cash that's come in into quality finished goods. Exactly. Exactly. So what's the competitive nature, if anything, of your business? I mean, who else is, is anybody else doing what you're doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm so, I'm so blessed right now. We don't have really great competitors. It seems like there's some exist. Um, they don't do it with our tenacity. Okay. Our two main product lines competitors, mm-hmm. they haven't changed their product in 25 years. Well, you and I are just mm-hmm. building our friendship. You'll get to know me quickly. I can't wait. As soon as I see that something could be better, done differently. Mm-hmm. So what electronics are is a, a, a grouping of a lot of other little parts and pieces and diodes and resistors and capacitors and rectifiers and all these things on a circuit board designed to you know, play you music or you know, be a screen or something. And what will happen sometimes is just one of those little manufacturers, they'll make a leap. They'll come out with a better product. They'll figure out something. So the two major maybe three major companies that we compete against haven't changed their product in 20 years, 25 Mm -hmm. years. The landscape of dirty electricity is so vastly different. Just in the 12 years that I've been in the game, we're about to launch generation three in only 12 years. Yeah, that's amazing. So while those competitors exist, we are light years ahead of them. We believe in functionality and all that stuff because we also listen to our customers. Our very first plug-in, plug-in model, for example, was on about a 12-inch cord. The lights blinked. It looked pretty techy. But when you plug this in, now it's hanging, Carol. It looks stupid. Maybe your, your outlets aren't 10 inches off the ground. They're 14. So you've got something hanging on a cord, yeah. blinking. It's dorky, right? Mm-hmm. And the lights were so bright that when you turned off the lights at night to go to bed, it turned the place into a discotheque, right? So the very next product that we designed, we changed it. So it plugs in like this, boom. So it's up off the ground. Right. You plug this one into the bottom of the two plugs. Right. There's a plug on the front. Mm-hmm. I didn't take your outlet. And it only right. has one yeah, light yeah, that yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I have I have two power line adapters in my house. It's it, exactly the same thing. They have a plug on the front of it. So you don't lose your outlet. You know exactly yeah. what I'm talking yeah, sure. about. Yeah. So so that didn't change. We while we did increase the internal technical functionality of it, mm-hmm. the external functional that makes it user friendly and all those things. And that's, that's also things that you learn as you go along. If you'll listen to your customer. Yeah. Because when you engage your customer, right. they'll tell you, first of all, what their problem of is. Course. They want to be heard. Yeah. Right. And then if the, if you can make it differently or better, they tell you. So don't get mired in it. You can't constantly change it and you can't make everybody happy. But if you're consistently hearing something, give the people what they want, find the problem and solve it. That's what business is. You're suffering something. Let me ease that. Let me take that off your 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 plate. You know that's that's what providing a service is. Exactly. Uh, what would you say are the biggest challenges, uh, BD, that you're facing right now in your company? So, so our landscape is a little bit different today. For several years, it was what we talked about earlier: cash flow. Right. Cash flow. Do um, cash flow is one of the one of the main challenges. You've you've got to have some money to juggle. You don't have to be profitable. You can lose money for years as long as it's still coming in, mm-hmm. so that you can mm-hmm. you can juggle. If you can't juggle, right. it just stops. So one of the one of the 
things that you absolutely positively do not want to do is turn your cash into finished goods too soon. Right. Also, let the customer tell you what finished goods they're going to buy because what we did in the beginning, and I didn't know what I didn't know, we'd, we'd have, okay, we'd make 500 of this model, 500 of this model, 500 of this model, <clears throat> and then almost immediately, the 500 of the one model is gone, and you've only sold two of the other one and one of the other. Mm-hmm. So now you've got a 1,000 of these other guys sitting here, and you can't service what the customer really wants. So it's called Kanban. It's a, it's a style of manufacturing. Toyota pioneered it with Japanese. If you remember um, Lee Iacocca, he went mm-hmm. over, he toured Toyota, mm-hmm. he came back, and he he phoenixed Dodge Chrysler right. Plymouth right. from the ashes right. with the K car and the, mini, the right. minivan and the LeBaron. Right. So what, what that does is it's rather than being a push system, we're going to push all these products on the shelf. We're going to have a couple, and then when you pull it, we replace it. So you're always filling the hole. Right, got it. Yeah. So you would only have two or three of each so that they, they're available. Um, mm-hmm. But as soon as one takes it, then the customer is always telling you. So you always keep your cash. You keep your powder dry. Your kegs mm-hmm. are full of powder, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But now your system is set up. So as soon as one disappears from the shelf, that's what you fill. Right. And learning Kanban has, has changed our lives here. Everything that we do is lean in Kanban. Right. And I learned that just by being a young business owner going to the seminar. So in, in Montana, we have Montana's Manufacturing Extension Center. It's free to the community right. to go and learn about mm-hmm. assembling and manufacturing. All of our guys have been through it. We practically teach it with them now. We love them. We've been sending guys there for a decade. Um, and then they also, we won, were awarded about an $18,000 grant to set up the workflow of our manufacturing. That was something else that, that you know, um, Henry Ford, and it really invented and pioneered the production line and the moving production line. So you have a lot of parts coming off that are consistent. So having a person stay to station in a good ergonomic way, hey, we got fresh air, we got good mm-hmm, light, we're in a mm-hmm. good mood, we're high-fiving, right. I'm in a posture that feels good, I'm ergonomically correct, right. and I do a step that maybe takes you know one minute. If each of those steps takes one minute, there's 15 steps, you got 15 people, you're cranking out one every minute. Mm-hmm. You're not working hard, you're, you're working fine. Right. Um, and the, then the, the other part of that is, is culture, the attitude of that person, mm-hmm. because you can, you can do something that's really fun with the bad attitude and ruin it. And here's an example on that. You could go to Disneyland with a grump. Oh, they're complaining about the line. They're complaining about the food. They're complaining about the heat. They're complaining about the cost. They suck. They, they suck all the fun right out of that adventure. But if you're with somebody who's fun, hey, let's go on this ride, let's mm-hmm, do that. Mm-hmm, I really mm-hmm. love this. I'm really grateful for that. It's a completely different experience. I could, You could ask somebody to do the worst thing ever. Hey, I need you to go to my storage shed, empty it out, and take that crap to the dump on the hottest day of the year. Nobody wants to do that. Right. right? But if you went with somebody, you know, and out comes the lamp, and they're kind of dancing with it, and they're fun, they joke, and then you get to the dump, and, you know, they want to they wanna shoot cans with a BB gun or something. I mean, that could turn into one of the funnest days you had all summer if you're with the right person and having the right attitude. And so, you know, we always tell each other here, <clears throat> you don't get up in the morning and lace your boots and go off to fun. You go to work. So granted, it's it's not fun. It's work. But can you make it fun? Right. Can you have a good attitude? Right. Can you smile at people and forgive them freely mm-hmm. and have upbeat music and stuff? And right. So that is a huge part of the culture here. Every right. time something is sold, they ring the bell. Um, everyone goes, woo, we all wear company shirts. It's on under the sweater. I'm trying to look professional for my, my interview today. Um, and, and having the brand and having the tribe 
and having the camaraderie and having the buy-in. Um, I love coming here. I, I, I ask everybody, you know, I tell them consistently, I can't do this alone. Gosh, I sure wouldn't want to. I'm not capable of it. And if you help me make it happen for me, it will happen for you. If it happens for me, it'll happen for you. So here's our roles. How can we make it better? What do you need to be successful? Um, I love you, value, appreciate you. I'll protect you. I will defend you. Um, people will do a lot for money. We'll do anything for love. You will, you'll die a cheese greater death for your child. Happily. Happily, right? And you will do incredible things if you're loved and you're valued and you're, you're heard and you're heard and you matter. Then, then anything is possible. Right. So um, you talk a little bit about listening to your customers. You've got about 21 employees. About the growth to where you are right now and what your plans are for 2022 from a standpoint of where your investments are going to be in your company. The major investments that we're going to make will be in providing a better interface for international customers. We've got a pretty good handle presently on our known American demographic. Our websites are in English. They're in U.S. dollars. Um, you don't have, you know, a lot of states have state taxes and, and some don't. That's all pretty easy to navigate, having a pretty good experience for that. Is my Spanish-speaking customer having a good experience? Right. They're not. Right. Uh, what if you want to pay in pounds? Um what we're going to do this year is really globalize Great. the product line, globalize the the interface and the experience, mm -hmm. and we're going to expand the markets. <clears throat> so we'll go out to the same market that we've got. There's a lot more solar companies that are on the queue right now. They're on my vision board. We, we keep constant vision boards, mm -hmm. constant never-ending improvements, mm -hmm. part of our, our team um, mantra here. So we're, we're constantly going after those on our vision board and then reaching more people with the conversation here about the things that we talked about. Hey, you know, when they delivered water via aqueducts in Rome, it was an engineering marvel. They had flush, they had running water and toilets and homes and stuff, and it was incredible. They didn't understand the correlation between the use of lead, right? <clears throat> Again, in 1976, the number one building material on the planet was asbestos. Three years later, we know about mesothelioma. I mean, forget about it, right? <clears throat> so what's happening now is that 20 years ago, did you need our products, Carol Boyd? Not like you do today. Um, you know, I remember we grew up with the incandescent light bulb. Edison invented it 130 years ago. And we used that light bulb until what? The curly Q compact fluorescent, the yep. biggest piece of garbage yeah. in the history of God's yeah. creation, yeah. right? Yeah. Just a total buzzy, yeah. icky, oh, it's poisonous. Don't break it and step in that thing. Yeah, right. Well, that's what I want in my house. Right? Right, the mercury. And we're going to make them, we're going <laughs> to mine it in China mm -hmm. in the most detrimental way to the planet. And we're going to bring them to beautiful Montana and put them in landfill. Who came up with that idea? Yeah. I mean, that, right? So those really had an effect on electricity. All of our devices are DC. So your phone, your tablet, your laptop, mm -hmm. these are direct current. So they got to have that little special plug box in the little plug that converts that AC to DC. Um, things have changed in our world that have made dirty electricity a lot bigger issue than it is, right? If you have a little bit of lead, do you die? Well, probably not. But do you want a lot? No, that kind of goes mm -hmm. for everything, right? You know, well, a couple of French fries and a couple of cigarettes in college hurt you. No, but you live on that stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Then the cumulative effect of it is bad for you. And we just, we know as human beings, you need some fresh air. You need to drink some good water. You need to eat not junk food all the time. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So what's happening today is we just live in a lot more of it. Also, you know, when I was young, <clears throat> cars had antennas. Cars haven't had antennas in 20 years. They got a fin now. They got a shark thing, right? Because it was AM in town, or it was FM in town, and it was AM on the road trip. Mm-hmm. You know, you got FM in town once you got out in the middle of Nebraska, you got AM radio. Mm-hmm. Well, nowadays you've got all these 4G, 5G, Wi-Fi, Netflix, DirecTV, Dish Network, his printer, his the FBI van. You just you got them all. You open your phone, you see 100 networks, right? There's so many now. So if those signals landed on the antenna of your car, your home electrical wiring is a mile potentially of high quality copper. It's a super antenna. You live in a super antenna. So where do all these waves want to land? They land in antennas. That's why we call them antennas. That's why we use them. So now as the rollout of all these other things and the cell towers and the dish and everything we just spoke about, it's further exacerbating it. So what we want to do is reach people, make them aware, but you can't just scare people. You can't. I I don't want to deal or trade in fear, but at the same time, I don't want what happened to my child happen to yours mm-hmm. just because you're unaware just like i was i was never a bad dad i wasn't informed nobody told me so the first thing we really want to offer people is hey this is real and it's measurable don't live in fear here's how you defeat it so we have an emf health guide right that i wrote myself at, well my engineering i wrote myself listen to me i we, we went over this thing with so many different engineers and techs mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. copywriters and stuff to try and tell people first of all here's where it comes from and here's how you can stop it yourself. Here's how you can turn things off. Here's how you can block things. Here's how you can shield things. And it's common sense that they can do for themselves for free. Then we say, also, if you want to take that to a next level, here's our filter. Here's our offering. And then go ahead and, and engage and ask for the sale. So right. Let me get you back on track. You went off on a tangent. Sorry. <laughs> Tell me about your growth up to 21 people, (laughs) how that's happened and the, and you know, where you've made mistakes and what you've learned from them and what you've done, you know, what you're doing differently now from a, from a people standpoint. People's people is the, the most challenging part. So we're at 21 now, as I I told you, we're going to triple our square footage and probably double our employees over the next year. So that's what I was trying. Yeah. There's five, when there's five or seven of them, you can manage them. Mm-hmm. 21 people have personalities and allergies correct. and you know things that they love and things that they hate, right. things that they want to do, things that they don't want to do and, and all this stuff. And it gets, it gets more challenging to navigate them. When mm-hmm. I was a business and performance coach 30 years ago, here was kind of the, the way that we taught and, and, and coached, which was incorrect, by the way. Find the thing that you don't like to do, hate to do, aren't good at. Find the person that's really good at that thing and get them to do that thing for you. Mm-hmm. So we were really looking for a skill set. They're good at Microsoft Excel. They're a good engineer. They're not afraid of going up a scary ladder, right? Finding right. this skill set that fit. No, forget that. Boom. I throw that out the window right now. You have to have skill sets. But if that person is a grump, um, has a bad attitude, doesn't have buy-in mm-hmm. or whatever else, then I don't care how many cheerleaders you have on your team, Carol, one grump will suck all the air, all the joy, mm-hmm. all the fun 
out of the workspace. You think it's you know it might be one thing to suck the joy to Disneyland, but sucking the joy to work right yeah. now. So instead, what I really look for is a, a humble, fun, gentle, well-rounded, emotionally healthy human being. Right. Now I will help that human being to learn or improve and help with whatever we need them to help with. Now you right. still have to get people on the right seat on the bus. That's true. Right? You you don't you, you still have to have the right person for each of those paths, but the most important thing is somebody that has a good heart and a good healthy mental attitude and is easily coachable and can be a cheerleader. I'll tell you people here laugh. People are laughing here so many times. I have to tease them about doing any work. And you know what? I, they're always working, but they're enjoying it. They're engaged. Mm -hmm. We treat each other nice. So something that I learned to answer your question was there was a, a time when I really looked for a skill set. While that's still on my radar, I'm really looking for a personality. Oh, sure. Of course. I'm really looking for a heart. It's more, it's more, it's really more important than skills. Skills are necessary. There's, I don't want to negate that. Necessary. <laughs> Of course. I mean, oftentimes too, you know, what we learn here or there, you're going to do it differently at this new job. They're going to have their way to do it anyway. And, and, and that company wants you to do it their way. And so we, first of all, they probably never did it this way exactly before anyway, which so some of that skill is left. And we want them coachable and humble enough to do it this way. And, and then you, you, you help them know later too, that while we just ask you to do it this way and, it's not because, you know, we're stuck in the mud. It's because we've been doing it for 21 years and there's 37 different ways that we've tried this and just stress us a little bit, have a little bit of love for us that, that this is the way that it's been the most successful with the most people over, over the, over the growth. And so, so that's, that's part of it. The other part is, is how do you recruit? Right. That was my next question. How do you typically find your people? Right. <laughs> so so my people are our best recruiters. And so here's mm -hmm. my dream. So you're at the barbecue and you know, the barbecue goes, you don't know everybody, you know, a couple of pals mm -hmm. for the most part, it's strangers. Yep. So now you've got your Dixie plate of food and it's, it wants to spill. You got your little cup of wine or beer or whatever in your other hand. And you know, you're trying to navigate. And when people come up to you, they might say, we're just trying to make small talk. I would say, well, what's your name? I'm Carol. Well, what do you do? And that kind of is the opening salvo, mm -hmm. if you will, to create him some rapport and all that. Here's my vision. Somebody asks one of my team members, what do you do? Hey, I work at SADC. I want the other person to actually go. What's that? Oh, you lucky? <laughs> Did they have any openings? Yeah. Right? I want to be known for being a really fun, cool, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. engaging place to work. Mm -hmm. So that when other people hear about it, see our trucks, experience it, they know that would be a great place to work. And while I know, so downtown Missoula, Montana, I would say every other restaurant, I might be exaggerating a little bit, but boy, not by much. Every other restaurant has a help wanted sign in the window. Mm -hmm. Or oftentimes it says, hey, we might be a little slow. Please be gracious with the seven people that actually came to work today. Yeah, we get right? that here too. Yeah. I have a stack of resumes on my desk. I have mm -hmm. a stack. I probably have 13 people right now that really want to be next in queue mm -hmm. to come work here. Great. Um, we give everybody gets a dollar an hour raise every six months. Boom. Every six months, you get a dollar an hour raise. As long as we make targets, 
Mm-hmm. As long as we meet the goals that we've put mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. everybody gets that. We've not missed it in four years. That's awesome. In four years, we've mm-hmm. not missed it. So people mm-hmm. that have been there, they're making $8 an hour or more. Right. Our health insurance isn't crap all. It's great. You want to know why? I didn't want to have health insurance just to say, you got health insurance. Just check that box. I'm not a jackass. I want a super low deductible. I want super low copay. Mm-hmm. I want the stuff that will actually, if somebody twists their ankle, makes sense. Yeah. And I don't want the insurance brand. You hand that, they, you cringe. Yep. You know, it's like you're handing somebody the, the off brand. I, I didn't want that. And so I'm very cognizant of having really good, healthy snacks. I'm really cognizant of having great, you know, recreation and play areas and stuff. And I think some people might fear that that becomes a distraction. No, stop it. A happy, healthy person gets so much more done in the four or five hours that you really are clicking and engaging Mm -hmm. than somebody else does in six or seven. And that's, Mm -hmm. I think everybody hearing this deep down knows that's true. Maybe they just don't know how to get there. Mm -hmm. So one of the ways that I'm getting there is by not just saying I love everybody, but showing them and having a culture in my company that buzzes, that's award-winning, that draws people and compels them to want to be part of what we're doing down here. Well, yeah, you know, that's a really great point, BD, because I think that, you know, I just had this conversation yesterday with a former coach of mine who I hadn't talked to in some time about, you know, the importance of, you know, just and this word can get overused, you know, just really being authentic with people, right? And and showing who you are to them and your own challenges. Because then people can really start to see, oh, this person gets it. They have challenges too. Right? And and yes. I think that's one of the most important things that really any leader can do for their peers, subordinates, or up above, you know? <laughs> yes. When when you say, you know, that, that they'll, I, I was saying they'll do anything for love, that's that's got to be a give-and-take relationship. Mm-hmm. That can't be a one-way thing. Right. They can't be afraid of you and stuff. Mm-hmm. I read a lot of performance books. I read a mm-hmm. lot of leadership books. Mm-hmm. I devour them, actually. Mm-hmm. My favorite author probably right now on the planet is a woman named Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. And Brene Brown's mm-hmm. about being vulnerable and authentic. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just read Daring Greatly again for the second time. And Daring Greatly is about that. The dare is to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? To be human. Because we always yeah. want to put on this tough front um and put on that that mask a little bit and that's that's fine mm-hmm. but if you want people to love you and to be loved and be lovable mm-hmm. you've got to be vulnerable so yeah. yes what i agree with what you said absolutely that's yeah. how you build that relationship yep yep in fact it's funny you say that because i i said to him i said to him yesterday i said the first time i met you and i was taking a course that he was leading and he came out and he told a story about uh, meeting his wife and so on and so forth. And he started crying and I was immediately like, you know, I, I don't want to say in love, right? Because that's a little bit too strong, but I was captivated. And the fact that a man could be up in the front of the room, actually authentically crying over something. Right. And, and not being afraid to show who he was, you know, 20, 20, when I started doing the work that I've, I've been trained for, you know, back in 1998, I couldn't have done that. 
I mean, I can now. I've been able to do it for many, many years. But it takes a lot of training. It takes a lot of work. And it takes a lot of, um, you know, finding, finding, you know, having somebody who can help you find those blind spots. Yes. Right. You know, you don't know what you don't know. That's right. That's right. Um, So that's really fantastic. So, so I'm going to assume this, but I do want you to confirm for me. Uh, Would you consider that you have built a culture of feedback? And do you know what I mean by that? Of course I do. And they only get feedback if they feel safe. Right. If people don't feel safe, you get a bunch of yes men. That's right. Or or people that that also can't be authentic Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. So if if somebody is going to come to you with something that can be done better or whatever, Mm -hmm. they've got to be safe. And sometimes, guess what? It's actually me that needs the correction. Mm -hmm. There have been a couple of times when my leaders have come in and shut my door and sit down. Okay. And they kind of rub their knees a little. I say, okay, what do you got? And it's it's me mm-hmm. that's aired. It's me that needs the correction. And I love that they trust me enough as a human being, as a fellow human being, to to correct me. Um, and that's that's how we all grow. I'm in the leadership role. I'm not perfect. Of course I'm not. not infallible. None of those things are true. Are you kidding me? Right. Forget about it. And, We're always all and learning. If you got the wrong person, right? And and sometimes you know, being the leader will go to someone's head. Mm-hmm. And but now right. they do look, start to think a little highly of themselves, look, right? Look at the country we live in. <laughs> oh, oh, by the way. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> that's, that's such a part of the culture too, sure. isn't it? And, yeah. and that's a tragedy really even for yeah. the leader because if you're not growing, you're dying. That's right. Right. You, you got to be growing all the time. You got to be learning and all this stuff. And so, yeah, exactly. Right. I don't, yeah. I don't read all these books to stay the same. I read all these books to yeah. get better. That's right. So – the book, though, doesn't know what I'm doing wrong. When I read the mm-hmm. book, it's kind of up to me to do the self-check and change it. I need those around me mm-hmm. to point out my blind spot. I need those That's people right, of course. that love me to help me get better, too. Mm-hmm. It's crucial. And so if, if you start being offended by that now, then 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 how can you grow and how right. can you have any of them feel safe yeah. if you're so small now that you're going to be offended? And you got to be able to mm-hmm. laugh at yourself, too. Mm-hmm. Um, when when our, our VP came in, they had boy, I'd really done a naughty. I had really just done something silly, and we laughed. I I we we gut rolled, laughed at me. We couldn't help it. That just in a, a moment of not thinking, mm-hmm. opened my mouth, and not only was he not in trouble for it, I loved it, and I knew. And as soon as he said it, I knew right, and we we laughed until it hurt, and so it ended up mm-hmm. being a really warm you know, interaction between right. he and I that we'll, we'll remember 20 years from now. You know? Yeah, that's really great. What would you say are the biggest oppor- opportunities and or threats in your space? So, so the opportunities, you know, I, there's, there's one other thing that I want to say about culture really quick before okay. I answer that question. Sure. You can't expect people when they come to work for you to work there until they die. At 70 years old now, you're going to give them the gold watch and off they go and all that stuff. No, they have their own stuff. They want to learn to play the ukulele. They want to get married. They want to live on a beach in Hawaii at some point. So you have to let them know that they're safe to have life and dreams and goals beyond these walls. Of course. So one of the first conversations I have is, okay, at some point you want to go water skiing in Lake Tahoe or something. Just know I'm aware of that. 
I want mm-hmm. to be aware of your goals. I want to help you get there. Mm-hmm. Let's put it on a timeline. You're going to help me when, as we stage you to this, and then I'm going to help you. Right. You're going to go with love, and we're going to send you off with a party, and I'm going to give you a little checky mm-hmm. boot because I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. And anytime we see each other again in the future, we're going to high five. We're going to wave. We might even hug. Mm-hmm. Let's help you get where you're going. Right. If I help you get where you're going, will you help me get where I'm going? That's right. People love that. Yeah. Okay. So, so the opportunities really are what I was talking about. Alternative energy is, is growing. It's not, right. it's not slowing down, mm-hmm. right? It's only a few states really are rocking with solar. <clears throat> um, Wi-Fi, 4G, 5G, smart meters. It's here to stay, baby. It's mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. So the opportunity is growing just because of the way technology is using and I have really been kind of playing small in the American market. I'm done playing small, right, Carol. Said, yep. I'm, I'm building a facility three times the size because I'm ready to play big. Good. And that really means international. Mm-hmm. And serious threats are right now, I have a ton of components sitting in ports off Seattle. I got boats and ports off Long Beach. I got boats and ports mm-hmm. on the coast mm-hmm. that I can't get to quickly enough. And as I grow and expand, being able to get components, et cetera, do business effectively. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's, that's, that's a real challenge that I'm yeah. experiencing right now Got today yeah. that yeah. as my business grows, will grow exponentially, potentially. Yeah. Interesting. What is your website? If somebody wants to reach out to you and say, Hey, I'd love to work for this company. How do I get in touch with them? So, so our website is, is our company name, Satic, S-A-T-I-C. Okay. USA.com. Great. And you can see our, the, 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 the leaders on there Mm -hmm. and their emails. Mine's on there. I am not hard to access. I'm not some aloof dude that you can't Mm -hmm. call or meet or email or get in. You know, it's, it's our, our business, our doors are open. We love to give demonstrations. Great. We love to teach kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there need to be one of the, I'll answer one of the questions. I also sit on a board for getting more females in engineering. Great. Oh, fantastic. Um, for some reason, that's there's Love not it. a lot of female engineers. And so yeah. I, you know, I travel, I, 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 I do my best mm-hmm. to, when we're there, make it fun. Yeah. Show some of the fun things that you'll do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's oftentimes a career path is different than maybe an idea that somebody has in their head right. of what that might look like or mm-hmm. might be. Mm-hmm. And so at the, at the um, educational forums, we have a big table and we invite females. It's, it's about, it's female leadership and it's, it's, it's female engineering. And we show right. them the kind of stuff that we do and just ask, you know, when you're a teen, does this seem fun to you? If this seems fun to you, then please know that it exists. And please know this is what it looks like on a practical scale. We, awesome. we love being community involved. We love adding value. It seems like the more value that you add, mm-hmm. the more joy that you experience, right? And, of it, course. and it builds all those other things. Mm-hmm that are important to you. Awesome. Well, uh, with that, B.D. Erickson, founder and CEO of Satic USA, uh, headquartered in my old undergraduate town, Missoula, Montana. Uh, it's been a delight to talk to you and to hear about what the really super interesting thing you're up to. I wish you much success. Thank you, Thank you so much. It was really fun being on with you today, Carol. Thank you for listening to Authentically Successful. If you are a successful founder or CEO who would like to be on this program, please visit verticalelevation.com slash podcast slash apply. If you learned something from this interview and it made a difference, please share it on LinkedIn or Twitter. You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend. And 
If you know of someone who would be a great guest, tag them on LinkedIn or Twitter to let them know about the show and include the hashtag authentically successful. I love seeing your posts and great suggestions. Lastly, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to our website, verticalelevation.com, or follow me on LinkedIn. This is Carol Schultz. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.